0: To talk to me. The podcast where we talk to you, you listen and tell us what you think. Today we are here doing a very special interview with people from CAMS. Would you like to introduce yourselves?
1: I'm Heather Weir, I am a clinical nurse specialist from the CAMS service in the east end of Glasgow.
2: And I'm Beth Wiseman, i a specialist children's services manager.
0: So after our last podcast about CAMS, we have Gladly being able to bring in these two wonderful people um, to answer some questions. So, would you like to begin? Yeah. Go for it. So, what is CAMS? What What do they do for people that
1: might not know? Right. Well, I'll start. You can start now, Jennifer. Okay. So, CAMS is, as everyone knows, stands for Children Adolescent Mental Health, <laughs> um, and In our department we have a number of different professionals, so we have psychiatrists, psychologists, nurses but we also have people that like speech and language therapists, occupational therapists, um, psychotherapists, family therapists and basically we all do more or less the same things but we just do it in a different way and what we do is talking therapies and our psychiatrists obviously are involved in thinking about medication if that's ever required but it's it's not a first port of call. Um, So we've got lots of different people doing lots of different types of talking therapy, Um, and we work with what we call moderate to severe mental health problems, and that's basically problems that have been around for young people that have lasted longer than six months, but also that are interfering with more than one aspect of their life, so it has to be interfering with school and home life and friends. Um, And what we would like to happen is that young people try other things before coming to us because there are lots of other help out there. Okay. So, CAMS is usually the, what we would say is that bit just before um, things get totally out of hand. Too much. really good.
2: I suppose the only other thing to add there is the age range to what we work with <laughs> um, and predominantly we work up to the age of 18. Mm-hmm. That's
1: good. And from, from zero? It's official. It so um,
0: zero to 18 is the official age
3: range? Yeah. 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 Good. Who are CAMS associated with?
0: Like, is there any other people or organisations that you work with?
2: Or is it just CAMS as an organisation? We shouldn't be working in silos. Um, so <laughs> CAMS should be liaison with education, um, with social work, with third sector organisations, um, lots of other organisations as well. I suppose the yep. list is endless. Um, you know, it shouldn't just be. CAM's working on their own, so there should be an association with any other agency that would be beneficial for the young persons that are um, referred into our services before or after the referral, because sometimes we get phone calls with um, concerns and people just want to discuss what those concerns
1: are. I, I suppose what we like to think about is it's, it's about the care around the child. Yeah. So the young person, whoever's involved in, in that young person's life that's actually helping them, we're involved with that. Sounds good. whatever that is
0: so apart from like, the main aspect of CAMs, like the talking therapy is there anything else that you do as an organisation outside of that?
1: well I, I was thinking about this one and I think we do therapy mm-hmm. we teach therapy we train people to do therapy <laughs> um, the list goes on <laughs> basically that's what yeah. we do that's, really that's, that's what we are all about, is um, that therapeutic modality of helping what the young people around us need. Yeah, and I think that's really good that important, um, especially during like, the pandemic when um, young people have be been needing more
0: support
2: with their mental health if they couldn't get it elsewhere. Education is a, a big factor uh-huh. um, in all of this, not just about making sure that our workforce has the right training and making sure that just those people that we're associated with that we we just mentioned are feeling confident and competent in what they're exposed to as well but thinking of our liaison with universities and colleges um, and any questions that they may have so everything from our input into mental health nurse training because Cam's is not uh, additional training that people do after they completed their mental health nurse training, it's part of their core competencies, you know, that's um, within their training. Mm-hmm. So we will go into the universities and do talks there. Um, sometimes there's even work done within schools, and people will go into schools and say, this is what CAMS is and this is what we offer, in case people are thinking about career progression. So it isn't just about thinking about the therapies yep. and the modalities, it's about
1: yep. a wider range about that but, education. Yeah, thing. it's that training other people to do what we do.
3: What is the average waiting time for a young person? Like after like maybe their parents have phoned up and asked to maybe go in and speak to someone?
2: Well, we both. You go for first. Okay. <laughs> so I would say that it would depend on the reason for referral. And my
1: answer would be, what's average?
2: <laughs> so, and you had said there about the parent phoning up. Yeah. Um, we don't have self referrals or referrals just from parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the referrals, 80% of our referrals come from GPs, mm-hmm. um, which we would re- really love to do and are doing a bit of work roundabout. Um, mm-hmm. So, if we have a young person that is referred and we're thinking that actually this person needs to be seen soon, really soon. Um, because we're thinking that there's a real risk presentation there, then we'll see them um, either the same day or within yep. five working days. Yep. Um, if we don't think from the information that we've been given that there's a risk to themselves or a risk to others round about their mental health, yep. then that's what we would class as a, a routine referral, and that referral, the length of wait can really vary, yep. um, and there is a really. There is a length for that just now and there's no point in actually yeah. waiting around the bush. There is a length of about that just now.
0: Yeah. And have you noticed that like during Covid with the whole pandemic and lockdown that there's been a notable increase in referrals?
1: I would actually say that the increase in referrals happened before Covid okay. but it, it's and it's not really changed throughout okay. the time. Um, actually I think what happened um, was a number of years back we noticed a, a huge increase in fact our referral rate doubled yeah. back in 2016 2017 Interesting.
0: Um,
1: and it's remained
2: high ever since Yeah. over the last 10 years the cancer referrals have been doubling um, every year mm-hmm. but what we have seen over the pandemic is an increase in the number of urgent presentations that we're seeing, um, there has been a significant increase in that, so that is the number of young people that we would say have had thoughts of significant Mm self-harm or um, having eating difficulties Mm -hmm. um, and we're considering thinking whether they have an eating disorder, Mm -hmm. which we would class them that we need to see them within the five working days.
3: What are some of the main issues that you face as an organisation? <laughs>
1: um, there are issues around, um, you, you've, I listened to your previous podcasts, so there are issues around the myth about what CAMS is mm. and what CAMS isn't, yeah. um, and, and that sometimes can cause a bit of unhappiness around. The expectations of when people come through the door yeah. um, and we're not what they think we are. Uh-huh. Um, and when we say we can't do that for you, it can cause be especially if they've had a long wait. Yeah. Um, other bits for the organisation just now are actually enticing staff to work within the CAM sector. All right. um, so we're really working quite hard just now at making, um, getting out, I suppose one of the reasons why we're here today is getting the message out there that yeah. CAMS is a place that we need people to be working in. We want people to, that are interested to think about this field and we actually need them. Yeah. Okay.
2: One of the biggest challenges, I think, is mental health is everybody's business. You know, it's not just CAMS business. Mm -hmm. And the expectation part is a a really important aspect of it. Because when people have waited a really long time to access CAMS, and then they realise that it's actually not the service that they thought it was going to be, and it's not going to have the answers for them that they Mm -hmm. thought it would, Mm -hmm. it's really disappointing. And families can be really angry. Rightly so. Mm -hmm. Because what they have been told right at the beginning I'll have a referral to camps for you. They'll be able to do X, Y, and Z, and then that doesn't happen. doesn't happen. They've got the right to be really angry. So there's something about that education round about. What should you expect when you go into a camp service, and is it the right service for you? Yeah.
3: Um, so do you think that they should change that then, and that should be like the initial, and the initial point of contact, where that's not going to suit you, or this will work for you? I
2: think what we found is that when families attend, or a young person attend a GP, the GP doesn't know where else to send the family okay. or the young person, mm-hmm. so they just send them to CAMS because they hear the word mental health and they think, oh, that must be CAMS it's going yeah, to be in. the right. Um, when actually there's so many other services out there that actually might be a better fit for them. Right. Okay. Um, so what we would rather is if any, anybody was in doubt that they phoned us up and said, mm-hmm. listen, here's a situation, do you think that this is the best service for this family, yeah. or have you got any other suggestions? And we would say, okay, here's what our suggestions are, and then they were able to explore those options. If it wasn't CAMS. or if it was CAMS, we would have a more streamlined. We wouldn't have so many people sitting waiting yeah. to uh-huh. get our assessment, and then
1: for us to say, actually, this so isn't yeah. the right service for you. So our processes are trying. We're trying very hard at this moment time to, yeah. to get a process in place that allows. For us to kind of look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the difficulty again and that leads on to the, those kind of myths that CAMS rejects everything that comes through and actually we we don't like that word because we don't. We redirect mm-hmm. as Beth said we've got lots of different other agencies that are out there so we we'll redirect to the other agencies that from discussion we have with referers and the young people themselves because our team, the team that I'm working with, we now phone the families as soon as we get the referral in to see, tell us a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that we are making that right decision um, because a lot of the time, um, the GP doesn't know the young person as well mm-hmm. as as the young person's family do. Yeah. So they might write something in the referral and the young person goes, that's not what I wanted. Yeah. 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 So or they think that CAMS
2: is C A L M S that's uh-huh. going to calm them down? Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Yeah.
1: But it's not. <laughs> so those kind of things.
3: Yeah. Do you think that could be implemented though, see with the doctor surgeries? Do you think maybe there could be some sort of I don't know, not email but some sort of conversation where it could just be put out as a like this is what we actually do. This is what it's going to be good and it means a GP would kinda they would know that's not for them. Or instead of waiting and having to write up a big referral.
2: I, I think that, I think one <laughs> of your questions read about myths. I think it's uh, a bit later on. Um, sorry if I'm jumping the gun. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I think that people think they need to go to the GP, mm-hmm. and they don't. They do mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's other people that are more than capable of making a referral into camps that are actually better suited to make that referral. Mm-hmm. So, um,
1: so teachers. Yeah, who work with the
2: young people day in day out? Any professional that is that knows a young person here, you know.
3: Right. Okay. You know, so
2: there, there's people out there that know young people really well, see changes in them, and think actually something's just not right there.
0: Yeah. So um, referral to Calms isn't as straightforward as it may seem. There's. A lot of different alternative
1: routes, in different ways. Yeah, yeah. Actually yeah. Um, and actually, getting referrals from people that aren't known yeah. by the GP by the people that know them better, is more informative for us because it yeah. gives us more information yeah. about what the actual concerns are, mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to going to your GP because school have said you need to go to the doctor to get your referral. And a lot of the time, we will get referrals in that say school have asked <laughs> for me to refer this young person. Please, can you see? Please, can you see? And yeah. we think, for what? <laughs> it yeah, <laughs> yeah. needs more information yeah. Uh-huh. yeah
0: so as you mentioned a question about myths are there any myths that you've heard about cams that can be debunked such as the generic advice of baths and cups of tea
1: <laughs> there's there's so many um <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where to start um, but can i just say the the advice around having a bath and a cup of tea is actually from the technique of distraction and there's a whole pile of things <laughs> um, but it's individualised to the young person about yeah. what they think is a distraction and what yeah. might help them keep their mind off the difficulties that they've got mm-hmm. that might then help them to manage something for a bit longer until someone else is there yeah. to help them or vice versa. So yes, we might well say baths but only if that young person has said that having a bath is something that they want to do yeah, so um,
0: it's it's not as straightforward as the hoteliers no. have a, a bath
1: and a cup of tea. It's no. part of a whole it's process. It's part of a process uh, about okay. a discussion about, right, when you're feeling distressed, this is what, what do you normally do? How would you normally manage that? Where will we go with, and, and then we come up with a, a list that's made up by yourself and the person that you're working with. And that's a really that key works. point there, because
2: something that has changed over the years, we're not the experts, you're the experts, you know, <laughs> um, and it's something that we've had to work really hard at, because um, mm-hmm. even a lot of our literature made out as if you were coming, coming to, see to see the expert. expert. Mm-hmm. I'm not an expert, you know, I might be an expert on me, but, like, mm-hmm. I'm not an expert on, you know, anybody else in this mm-hmm. room, But the Heather,
1: no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't. laughs> we've been trained in a certain way of working, but we're not going to be saying, right, I've now met you for five minutes, and I think this is the way you're going to have to do yeah. this, yeah. and this is going to make you feel better. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because it doesn't work like that.
0: So it's yeah. a whole conversation around what suits uh-huh. the young person best. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: And not just about what suits the young person, actually getting to understand what's going on for the young person, because mm-hmm. a yes. lot of the time young people come into us, and they themselves are just more confused about, they don't understand what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, the first protocol is to sit down and help think about what that actually is before you go anywhere near yeah. Yeah. helping yeah. do something. Um, so your first avenue is getting to know somebody, building up a relationship and a bit of trust.
3: Yeah. Does a lack of funding contribute
1: to camps? I'm going to let you down that one. <laughs> I don't think
2: that it is a lack of funding. Um, I think that probably now more than ever there is funding there. Okay. Um, I think that, as Heather's already alluded to, we've had an issue with regards to workforce, mm-hmm. um, making sure that we are getting the right people in um, to the service, yeah. retaining our workforce, yep. um, I think that our referral increase and people's understanding of camps has had a real impact um, and I think the Scottish Government's <laughs> expectations of camps has yeah. actually had a significant impact. Yes, And I'll give an example that there has been a huge amount of funding from the Scottish Government put in um, to what we would call Tier 1 and Tier 2 services, so that is your um, education third sector to really look at the impact of COVID and mental health the pandemic and really try and bolster those services but that understanding of that the result of that's not going to happen now you know mm-hmm. that's going to be a couple of years down the line that we're still getting the same referrals through yep. the door um, that we need to think of a long-term plan rather than it just being something that's going to happen in a matter of weeks, um, so no, I don't think it's funding.
1: Right. Um, yeah. I think I, I, I'm going to say that, it's one of the reasons why I was saying it, I don't think it's about the funding, it's about getting the staff that want to work within the service and then yeah. for us to keep those yeah. staff. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, uh, right. interesting. So how do you think all these different issues that you've mentioned um, can be resolved in with like staff and
1: workforce? I'm not sure that there's a, a quick at or any one particular answer to that. Yeah. Um, at the moment we're working really hard to look at the front door, as we call it, um, how people come through the service and, yeah. and how we manage that in a better way. So we're worth looking at that um, and trying to think about what it is that we need to, to really change. How do we mm-hmm. get the waiting lists? to disappear um, without, but actually offering a service to the young people that yeah. are waited. Um, so I suppose my idea is about um, not only us thinking about it but getting some folk like yourselves mm. interested in thinking about what we would do and what, how we should do it.
2: Okay. One of the things that demotivates staff more than anything else mm. is not being able to deliver a service. Mm -hmm. It's having phone calls from families time and time again saying, where am I on the waiting list? When Mm -hmm. am I going to be seen? Mm -hmm. And not being able to do the job that they were employed to do. Mm -hmm. And yet they are working incredibly hard. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: All through the pandemic, they haven't shut the doors. (laughs) They've continued to work throughout it all, but it's not recognized. No, no, it hasn't. all the seen is that we still have a waiting list not recognizing that although that waiting list is still there our number of urgent presentations has went up to just under 40 yep. percent which was never the case before so those people are seen in under four weeks and allocated
1: discharge but that number keeps coming through and um, i suppose Looking at this, because I've listened to your previous podcast, I didn't know what the questions were going to be. So one of the things I looked up was how many open cases we actually have. Um, And we know what our waiting list is, and everybody, the public, know what our waiting list is. But actually we have 2,750 cases across Glasgow open and active and being worked with. And that's not including the waiting list. So those are cases wow. that are actually open and being worked with them just mm-hmm. now. So do you, do you actually work with the people or do you just do with the lists? You do? Right, okay. I do both bits. Okay. okay. <laughs> you do. So and Beth's my manager. Ah, okay. <laughs> about you, about you.
0: <laughs> so do you think if the whole education around how GPs can make correct referrals would help not only the young people but also the staff?
2: I think if people knew, not just GPs, mm-hmm. but if people knew who to refer to CAMS and what to put in the referral, it mm-hmm. would make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that where CAMS could come in is actually really letting people know well, what is CAMS? Yeah. What, what will you get when you come to CAMS? What
1: would you expect? And herein lies our dilemma, because Mm -hmm. to take time out to do that takes time away from the young people themselves and the waiting lists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to get the message out there, we need to do things like this. (laughs) To get the message across that um, CAMS is doing what it can do, we are desperate to help the young people on our waiting list, the staff, really uh, Beth says that it's demoralising and, and, and it, it actually is the biggest conversation that we have around our lunch table. <laughs> um, it's about what can we do next, what can we do now, um, and about the calls that we get and how that makes us feel. Mm-hmm. So we have to support ourselves in doing all of that yeah. because we know that taking calls from families who are distressed and in need of help, we don't want to hear what we've got to say. Yeah. yeah, because it's not what they, need, what they really want to hear. They want to hear, okay, we'll see your child now, mm-hmm. and we can't do that.
2: And I suppose what we're thinking mm-hmm. about just now is because mm-hmm. what
1: we realise is that it's not helpful
2: um, when a family phones up and says, where am I on the waiting list? And for us to give a, a, number. a number is we're saying, well, what do you need? And we might not be able to give what they need as an, an appointment, yep. but we can think about, well, what is there out there that can actually support need. you? Mm-hmm. During yeah. that time of wait. Uh-huh. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so we can think a bit more about yep. that, um, because what we're finding is actually, it'll be the same people that phone time and time again, because they're not phoning to hear have not moved up. They're phoning because they're, they're needing support, support at that moment yeah. in time. Yeah.
3: Yep. It could actually be a good idea. I see, like... Um, like youth workers, it could be good for maybe some of us to come to use mm-hmm. and learn and it means we can maybe do some workshops throughout this area. Yeah. And yep. that could take time off of what user you know, you yep. can work more towards the more important things and it gives us more of an understanding and it means we're telling more people about what he's actually doing
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That could be good. Um I, I remember and this is where I the, my longevity comes I remember um, times where the CAMS teams weren't as big as they are now mm-hmm. um, but we still went out and we did mental health fairs in schools. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So we used to go in and we'd spend a whole day in the schools just talking about what mental health was and what mental health wasn't and, and thinking with young people in each of the schools what, how they can look out for their own mental health mm-hmm. and, yeah. and educating around about that. Again, the referral rates went up. Yeah. The expectations changed and, and the bits that we used to do and love as part of our job because actually being in a school and being part of all of that is actually one of the bits that we enjoy. <laughs> and actually it's really
2: good for building up relationships yeah. with um, teachers, pastoral staff, yeah. um, even thinking about that transition from primary 7 to the yeah. the high schools because that
1: can be a very difficult time for, yeah, for yeah, young people. So yeah, there's lots of things and lots of ideas and lots of wish to do things that we want to change and we want to make it better. We're very aware, I think, of the the word on the street about what we are and what we're not and, and the unhappiness amongst young people about what we we what they believe we offer and don't offer. Um, but to get the message out there, like I say, we in, we're stuck in a, a dilemma just now because our waiting lists are so long. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to balance all of that mm-hmm. and make sure that we get that balance right because we do need to educate people and we do need to get the message out, but we also need to be helping, helping young, people young, people so. young people that come through that need us. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, just before we finish up, is there anything you would like to say or add on any of your answers or
2: anything? I suppose for me, having listened to your um, your podcast, For me it was a a really informative, you know, balanced view Mm -hmm. and it was for me really helpful in thinking about that journey and for me it's always about thinking about that patient journey journey. and it was two different experiences Mm -hmm. um, and it was about how can we help our staff learn Mm -hmm. um, from that. Because as much as we are talking about you know that education outwards, uh-huh. it's about how education works as well, and yep. I think that that's really important.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, but but I, I suppose one of the things that struck me really much, and I, I actually took it to another meeting that I was at with a, a whole pile of clinicians, um, was from your podcast about you didn't mention anybody by name, but you you spoke about um, the the doctors that you see. And I would say, you probably didn't see a doctor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And for me, that says a lot about what we do and and the fact that if that's the understanding of when young people come through, what are we not doing that's right to get across the message that actually, I'm not a doctor, I'm a nurse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And a lot of the people that we see, even our psychologists who do have a doctorate, don't like to be called doctor because it's not... Because people associate that word with... The medical profession.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I was, point, very, mm-hmm. was very. Str- it was very. very came across very strongly to me that mm-hmm. actually you've both been through our system, but you spoke about doctors, doctors, doctors. Yeah. And actually, doctors. A very, very small very percentage. Small percentage of the, percentage of the staff to see a medical. Sure. The staff. Mm-hmm. I was not aware of that. But
0: that's very
1: but, interesting. But, but like I say, for me, what struck me was you've been through the system. You've seen. People, yep. why did not we use, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a really interesting point.
0: Well, that's the end of the questions. Thank you very much for coming out and speaking to us. Thank, Thank you. For you. Having us. Mm-hmm. It's been very great getting to hear it, and hopefully for people that are listening to this, they'll be able to learn more about cams and research into more of these things that we've talked about, if they have yep. anything else to say.
1: I suppose one of the other things I would like to be able to say um, is please don't forget that we're now in a, an internet age. There are lots of websites out there. Yeah. There are some that are we would recommend better than others, um, but please go on to the NHS Kids website. Um, we are constantly posting new bits and pieces On there, um, not just for physical health but also for mental health for young people, with links to the apps that we might think are are useful. Mm -hmm. Um, But please remember that when you've done these apps that might be a a CBT app, doesn't mean you've done CBT. You've done self help. (laughs) There's a difference between what CAMS offer doing a CBT course and what a self help is and there are there are different things so please, yes if you're going to use these things use them, if they help fantastic, if they don't don't feel that there's no hope Yeah,
0: that's great well thank you very much for tuning in uh, to talk to us podcast where we talk to you
2: you listen and you talk to us back we'll see you next time bye